This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. It's Danielle from the Straight from the Net podcast and... Hi, it's Jamie, and today is my birthday. At least it will be when you hear this. Yeah, I was going to say, because it'll be when they post it on, when this comes on the WMLD, it will actually be your birthday date. So, happy birthday! Yay, thank you! Look at you, middle age! I am middle-aged and blonde, people. Oh, yes, yeah, she did. She changed her hair color. So. I went blonde, and it's beautiful, and I'm feeling she myself. Did. Oh, my God, I need to move my microphone, so I know you guys are going to hear it. I'm sorry. Okay, that's better. It was like moving, moving, moving. But anyway, so we were, we're on time. We're actually doing it on a Sunday this time. We are. <laughs> we're doing it on a Sunday. And how did I feel? I got to see Beth last night, which was really nice. And we went to a place called Listardos. And they're friends of ours. It's a family-owned business. They've been around forever. Mm. So if you guys are ever in Delaware, for whatever reason, stop in to see Listardos. They have, like, the best seafood and crabs and all those things. And they're just the nicest people. And they've been around forever. They have been. They really have. Like, they're just one of those families that are just kind of well-known in the community. And they're always doing something. They're always involved in their kids' sports. And um, I know that they actually sponsor the Little League Baseball. Yeah. Like, for, I think, I don't know if it's Suburban or what they're in. They're in some kind of Little League or something. But they always sponsor that. And people are always talking about how much they do in the community. And um, things have been hard. Yeah. You know, like, things have been hard ever since the um, pandemic. And I'm sure most businesses around feel that. So if you ever are around, please stop in and say hello to them and tell them that Danielle and Jamie from Straight and Freight from the Net sent you. So on that note, we just sat here and we just talked and talked and talked. We did. For and like then an it was hour. like, oh my God. So now we're like talking and <laughs> instead of talking like we do on here. And uh, so we got to do that. Um, let me see. So Friday night, actually, my husband surprised me with a surprise date night on Friday. I saw you went really to nice. uh, Vincennes, Vincennes, which is our favorite place. So this is the thing about Vincennes. They're like the neighborhood sort of like, I wouldn't say like super upper class Italian, but they're kind of, they're up there. It's pricey. Like you're not getting out of there for less than a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, it's like my favorite place to go. They have like the best food and the people that own it are also family owned. It's the Mancari's. So it's like Dan and Tommy and Kari. And I, Dan does like, they're well known for their Caesar salads. Right. And their table side Caesar salad and their table side banana foster. Well, I love well banana fosters. That's why I'm going to the melting pot. Yeah. Because they have the best banana fosters. Uh, well, Vincennes is kind of, is, is like that. And Dan is funny because, and Dan is Tom's dad. And he has to make Caesar salads 75 times a night. And what he's found to do is he takes the clump of like, cheese uh-huh like the parmesan cheese he takes clumps of those and he tries to throw them in the bowl so he'll like you know be far far away and then he tries to throw it and everybody watches and like when he makes it everybody goes yay you know and he's like there i got it you know what i mean and i'm just and i said to him on friday night i'm like how do you not get bored with this every night and he was like i just love you guys i just love you people and i love putting on a little show and he was like if it wasn't for you guys i probably would like lose my mind and need to find something else to do so he does that all night long and like, but you don't get out of there quickly. It is a two and a half to three hour experience every time you go because it's always takes forever to eat. So you get to sit down and the waitresses are nice. They're fine. But for whatever reason, it takes forever to eat. So do not go there when you're hungry. You go there when you know you can wait a minute. Right. So they do bring you out like like appetizers and it's always like some kind of weird fish or something. And then it's like this sort of garlic bread with like beer cheese on top or something. And that's all good. And then of course he does the Caesar salad. So you'll have that. But you always think, oh, like for instance, this time, because my stomach was already kind of like, eh, was like, well, let me just do a steak and I'll do the potatoes. And they had like roasted potatoes and stuff. So I didn't do like the normal, which is what they're there for. It's like, you know, the authentic, authentic Italian. I did a steak, and by the way, it was one of the best steaks I'd ever had. Like, you could cut it with a fork. It was so fucking good. But um, <laughs> I ended up, I thought to myself, I'm going to have the Caesar salad. I'll take some of that home. I'll take some of the steak home, and then I'll have that for lunch the next day. 
Well, I ended up eating a whole entire Caesar salad because I was waiting so long. And then I ate the ham, the whole entire food because then I was, like, starting to get really annoyed. Like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, are they, did they slaughter the cow back there? Did they have to, like, cut the, you know, thing of beef back there? Like, at that point, I was, like, starting to get annoyed because we got there at 6 and we did not eat until 8.15. Good Lord. So, it was a really long time and I watched him make so many table-side Caesar salads. I was like, oh, my God. And then I'm, like, looking around at everybody else, like, when are we going to eat? But, so, and but it's just... They're busy or they're short-staffed. And I know that a lot of times they'll say, like, look, we're short-staffed, you know, that because they're also feeling the same thing where, like, right. people still don't want to work. And I'm kind of like, what the fuck? Like, where is it? Because we don't have the extra money now. Like, they're not getting the extra money on, um, what? Stimulus. The, the, well, the stimulus they're not getting. Unemployment. And they're not getting the extra on the unemployment. So I'm still not understanding how people still don't want to work. But they're affected by it, too. So it's not that they're always that slow. But they also are having trouble. So when you go in there, it's, it's always the same people. You always see those people, but they can't get new people. It is hard, when, especially for people who want server position, mm-hmm. who need servers. Because right. servers in Delaware, like, minimum wage in Delaware is now $15 an hour. Right. But server wage is still $2.35. Mm. Right, because they work on tips. And, and they, they work on, people will tip right. you well. Right. So it's very hard. Right now, it's very hard to be a server. You know what I heard? And Especially it, now that there's DoorDash and shit. Yeah, I guess so. Well, actually, what I heard was, and I this is the second time, because I did hear it in both places. Um, they were saying that people will come in, eat, drink, whatever, put it on their credit card, then they go home and dispute it. What? Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, I would never assume I would do such a fucking thing. But apparently that is like what they're doing and these credit card companies as they're, um, they're called their processors so they can take credit cards. They just take it out of their account. And you're like, what the fuck? No. Like these people came in and they ate and they were fine. Actually, when we were there the other night, um, Dan had had told one of the the women that, well, there's like an older woman that comes and she sees everybody and she just sort of makes sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Um, and she's always cleaning up his, like, cheese crumbs because he always misses the bowl. Then she's got to go clean it all up. And, um, apparently a man had come in. He had had, came in the week before. He had a martini, which is apparently all alcohol. I don't uh-huh. know. I've never made a martini before. A it's martini, all alcohol. A martini is vodka, mm-hmm. vermouth, mm-hmm. and that's it. So it's all alcohol. Yeah. And an olive. Yeah. So it's all alcohol. Well, apparently he came in the week before, had a martini, had two martinis, whatever it was. Went home, came back in that night while we were there, and wanted a refund for his martini because it was watered down. And wanted a refund on his martini. And I was like, what the shit? Like, I would never be, like, all pissed off for a whole week. I just would be like, hey, next time I come in, like, make sure it's... I don't know if you can't water down a martini. Well, I don't know if he was trying to insinuate that they put some water in the bottles. Maybe. I don't know. But even he was like... What do you mean it's watered down? There, it's not over ice. Like, but here's here's the thing about restaurants. You when you can't dis- usually if you dispute the charge, mm-hmm. it's because you didn't use your card. Mm. Like this is fraudulent. That's mm. when you dispute it. I didn't buy that. Mm. But you have their signature. You have all that on that little receipt. Right. That you have the a sign point of contact where they actually gave you the card. So right. They're running so the, the card. minute that you signed that receipt, mm-hmm. that. Is proof that you consented to those charges. You'd like to think, but apparently those those process server or the servers, they like, or the processors, they just take it back out of your account. And so I heard it in both places. Um, They were saying that they were having issues that was um, a lot newer than what they were used to. It's not that they didn't have some people that were just not very nice once in a while, Um, but it was happening quite a bit. And I had overheard the woman telling Dan what had happened. Like this guy was here. He wants a refund for his martini. And um, he just said, well, give him a refund for his martini, but tell him politely that he doesn't need to come back here. Because who comes back a week later is pissed off and wants a refund on a $8 martini or however much it costs, right? Yeah, that's just dumb. So he was like, for you to do something like that, like, we would prefer you not to come back. And I don't blame him. I don't want him to come back either. But then, like, you know, I was hearing about it. And then, actually, after dinner, we went to the little sex toy place. Uh-huh. Just because it was up the street. And we were like, we haven't been there in a while. Let's go in there to see if there's anything fun to do or whatever. You don't know. And um, and I was thinking about you. I was like, Jamie's going to be like, get a bullet. Like, I was just thinking about it. 
But we're like, yeah, let's just go because it's fun and we don't have any kids tonight. We'll just go to the sex toy shop and see if we find anything that'll be fun together. And so we get there. Of course, we found like one little toy or something that God knows if it'll, it'll probably collect us, but who cares? We were like, oh, hee hee. And then we came and fell asleep. Just so you know, we never even ended up using the damn thing. We were so exhausted, we ended up falling asleep. Well, apparently but, they have this rose thing that sucks and does something that is going I did viral. See it. And it's supposed to be like super cool. I want one. I think I it's did like see it. 30 bucks. I don't know. I did see it. I didn't pay much attention to it. It might be a birthday present. It might be my birthday present. Um, But look, on the way out, just to like show it, they had a guy's picture on there and they were saying, help find him because he's a thief. And I forget what it was. Bruce will probably remember what what they said it was, but it was three things. He did this, this, or he likes edible underwear, something else, and butt stuff. And it literally said butt stuff. That's funny. And I was like, holy God, it was like a white dude and whatever. And I mean, you could see his face clear as day and they took it right off of like one of the, but he was stealing these things from the shop and they said that the, and he and Bruce were like, butt stuff. We just couldn't stop laughing over the butt stuff. But then there was this couple that was in there in Vincennes when we were in Vincennes right? that were also in the sex toy shop, which was like a mile down the road too. And they were checking out with anal beads. And I was like, oh, my God, look at them. They had, like, anal beads and shit. They were on a mission. They were. Well, I had mentioned to Bruce one night that I was like, a sex swing would probably be fun. Because then I still don't have to do a whole lot of work. And I could swing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, the laziest fucking lover ever. They have this thing where it's, like, a little, like, bouncy chair. Yeah. And you straddle him with it. It's adjustable. Oh, okay. Like, widens and and you sit on it, uh-huh. and it just bounces, like a bouncy oh, wow. chair. okay. It's like this trampoline material. Yeah, like a kid does when they have, like, their bouncy chair. Yeah, and, so yeah. it's a, and you just bloop, bloop, bloop. Oh. And it saves your knees. Oh, there you go. Well, I guess in his mind, that's probably, that's, I swear that's why he wanted to go to the sex toy shop. Because I had said, oh, sex swing sounds like fun. I still don't have to do any work. Like, <laughs> we're in a swing. And he's like, oh, really? You would do it? I was like, yeah, why not? And I think he just thought about it, like, every day. And then was and like, took was the like, idea. He's like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so then when we got to the sex toy shop, he made sure to make a beeline for where, like, the sex swings were. And I was like, dude, I'm not doing some fucking sex swing. I'm like, <laughs> like we're not really going to do it. And he was like, look, we've got this one or this one. Which one do you think you'd like? And I'm like, um, neither. Let's get the fuck out of here. I'm like, oh, my God, I am not buying this. Like, it was funny. And uh, it was just so funny. So then we're, like, checking out with our, like, little stupid toy that we did have for, like, 20 bucks. And then the people that were in Vincennes, and they're older than us, they've got to be in their 50s, which is fine. I'm not, like, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to be like, oh, you're so old. But they had anal beads. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they had, like, they had a couple things, and the one thing I could see was the anal beats. I was, like, pretty surprised by that. Yeah, so, yeah, Bruce literally tried to take me over there to try and get me to get his little sex swing, and I was like, yeah, we're not going to be doing no sex swings. We also had dinner and a show on Friday. Um, So there's a new hibachi place in Middletown. Right, I It's been there that. for about a year. Yeah. And it's called Kiko. Or Kiku? Kiko okay. or Kiko. And it's like a hibachi, and they throw the shrimp at you, and, and throw oh, that's things fun. at you, and they squirt sake in your mouth. Let me tell you how this man, I was not ready. You see this mark on my forehead? Yeah. I was not ready. Oh, is that from the guy? It's zucchini. He is, like, flinging zucchini at people, and he turns around, and he looks at me, and he flings it at me, and I'm like, <laughs> hit me right <laughs> hit in the fucking the head. head. <laughs> but we got sat with a 14-year-old little girl's birthday party, and there oh were nine kids and three adults, and we got sat with this very nice lesbian couple, and then me and Paco. But I was on the very end, and when they do, like, the the fire part of it, where they, like, like yeah. where the fire goes real big, yeah, like, it came right at me. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I was terrified. I was like, I don't ever want to stay here again. So. Oh, my God. I would have been scared, too. But they, they do all the tricks, you know, all the bocce stuff where they fling the eggs around and yeah. they bust it open and they chop everything up. And it was it was fun. Um, they make balloon hats. That was so cute. So I they really make balloon that. hats. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a fucking adult or not. Like, you're getting a balloon hat. Everybody, oh, yeah. Everybody at the table gets a free balloon hat. I want a balloon hat. So. I, I get one, and I get this picture with Paco, and look at his face. He is so mad I'm taking this picture. <laughs> he does look mad. He said, baby, not everything is for Facebook. Don't post that. Why? He's having a good time. That's so much fun. So, 
To be fair, though, hey, I was super tired on Friday. I was exhausted when I got home. I was just going to order something. And this is how the argument goes every Friday with Paco. Babe, what do you want for dinner? Whatever you like for dinner, babe. No, I asked you first. What would you like for dinner? Right. So then I go over and I'm like laying on top of him and I'm talking to him and I'm like, babe, what do you want for dinner? And he was like, where do you want to go for dinner? I was like, I asked you first. He said, no, I changed the question. Oh, my God. He was like, let's go out to dinner. So he recommends this little buffet that's by Stewart's, like Stewart's Brewing House right yeah. there. And it's not a bad buffet, but it's like a running your mill Chinese buffet. And I don't, I'm not a fan. Like, I don't know how long that food's been fucking sitting there. I don't know, you know, half the shit that's out there. Right. I, there's little octopuses in a bowl. I, I don't. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Are they alive? No, but they're, oh. they still look. Like octopuses. They have eyes oh. and, and tentacles and they're baby little octopuses that they eat. Oh my god. No. And Paco's like, Well, if you don't know what you want, we could just go to this buffet. They have everything. And I'm like, you know what? No. I said I want Japanese because I wanted um Japanese chicken teriyaki, which is different than Chinese uh teriyaki. Chinese teriyaki chicken teriyaki is basically meat on a stick. Okay. With some teriyaki sauce. Okay. Japanese has like um, it's thinly cut chicken breast and it's, it comes on a bed of caramelized onions and sesame seeds and it's very different than Chinese. So okay. I was like, I kind of want, um, I kind of want Japanese tonight. Right. So he's like, oh, well, I've heard about this one in Middletown. Let's go. So we get there and they're like, it's going to be an hour wait for the hibachi experience because they had sit down and they had hibachi. Okay. It was a little pricey. It was like $104 for me and Paco to eat. But oh, wow. I did have that giant ass fucking $13 drink. Right. And he had like four Coronas. Okay. So we get there and the lady's like, all right, well, it's going to be like an hour. Give me your name. So we give her my, our name and she's like, um, do you want to wait? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, go right around and you know, it's going to be like an hour. If there's any cancellations, we'll call you. So I had, I was so close to get Paco to go into Home Goods. Oh, so close! Like we were getting ready to walk through Home Goods, which I was like, no. Oh, I know. I love me some Home Goods. He's like, you are going to go in there and we're going to buy things we don't fucking need, babe. That's exactly right. And here's what's going to happen: like I wasn't going to spend any money because I don't really need anything from Home Goods. But Paco has no, like, Lord forbid he go to every time he goes to Lowe's, he comes home with a new fucking shower head, like. can't do show stores like that without spending money so anyway so he's like we're gonna go in here and spend money on something right so and i'd be like ding 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 and we have a winner so we're riding around middletown <laughs> like the the shopping centers up there just seeing what's in there yeah and like 10 minutes later the lady calls us oh wow so we have to like rush back yeah so we got there and we ate and the food was delicious i mean it's hibachi food it tastes the same basically everywhere yeah um but it was really good and it was uh, this cherry sangria Whew. It was something. First of all, they give you, like, a wine glass, and it's, like, a 12-ounce wine glass, and it's filled to the brim. Oh, my God. With this cherry sangria. And it almost looks like fruit punch. Like, that's how... Red it is? Red it is. It's, like, a fruit punch color. Yeah. And it was delicious. So, I was a little tipsy by the time I got home. Every time you talk on the podcast, now you're like, I was drunk. Um, yeah, I was drunk last night, too. I was drunk. I was drunk last night, too, and... I- <laughs> Friday and Saturday night, you're really giving your liver a run for the money. Right, I had a b- issue last night. So yesterday, I called. Nobody came to the pub last night. It was just me and Lori. Mm-hmm. So I called Lori, and I'm like, "You going to the pub?" She was like, "Yeah." I said, "Me too." She was like, "Good." I was hoping you you were going to be there. So I get there early enough to procure po- procure a table mm-hmm. because the pub has been so packed lately that you can never get a table. Oh, really? So I got a table, and Jason saw that I was sitting there, so he moved two more tables. Onto my table. hmm And it was just me and Lori. So we had this big oh. table. So Chris, the, the other host, Chris Michael, who hosts on Thursdays, comes and he's like, hey. And I'm like, hey, you guys are welcome to sit with us. He's like, oh, nice. So I'm like, okay. So his one friend sits at the end. She was very nice. Her name was Kristen. And the other friends were ordering food at the bar. So all these people started sitting down at our table. And we thought they were with Miko. Oh, they were? They were. And Miko comes over and he's like, what the fuck? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, aren't these people with you? He's like, no, they're not with me. I don't even fucking know them. And oh, I'm my like, God. So now it's like just like, what do they call it? Cafeteria style where everybody just sits everywhere. I'm like, well, this is fucking awkward. <laughs> we don't fucking know you people. Why didn't you just make them your friend? You I did. That. Okay. Eventually we did. 
But I was like, what? But I had me some some things to drink. I had me like probably about six shots last night. Did you? I did. Why? I did. Oh my! I, I think I'm. I think I'm having a case of the birthday blues. Um, like usually I get real excited right before my birthday, and I've just like I haven't been feeling it. Mm. And I'm like, why aren't I more excited? Like, here I am, I'm about to go to this amazing dinner on Friday, and then I have to see all my friends yeah. on Saturday, and, like, I was like, I want to do something drastic to my hair, obviously I did, I chopped that shit off, I went from red to blonde, mm-hmm. it was a three and a half hour fucking process. Right. Allison put 57 foils in my hair. Oh my god. Yeah. It took, like, three and a half hours. Wow. So, I'm like, I should be more excited, but I'm not. I'm like, hmm. So, I went out last night, and I hung out with Lori, and I tied one on. And then I got home to Paco, and I was like, hey. How you doing? How you doing? Oh my God, Bruce probably wishes so badly that I could start drinking alcohol again. If I can get rid of the stomach issues, and I could start having alcohol. He would love to have well, some drunk sex, because he hasn't had that in a long time. First of all, fucking Boscovs is the devil. I love Boscovs. Mm-hmm. And, like, they have their cute little, like, sexy sleeper sets mm-hmm. on sale. For like fifteen dollars. Yeah. So of course I had to buy one, and I got a little lavender one to match my new blonde hair, like yeah. super cutesy. And when I got home, I went to the bathroom, and I was like, "Baby," and he was like, "Yeah." And I came downstairs in it, and it was on. Like, first of all, he loved the blonde. Second of all, he loved that thing, and it was on. <laughs> like, don't be wrong. He was like, "Let's go upstairs," and I was like, "Oh shit!" I wasn't expecting that. I thought I'd have to work for it because usually I do because he doesn't want to get off the couch. Oh. I have to work for shit. And he just was like, and let's and go upstairs. And we're off. Oh my god, that is so cute. To the races. That is so cute. So, then this morning I woke up and I went and I helped a friend out. And I was supposed to fucking get my nails done, but I didn't. But I've been hooked on Bridgerton. So it's my own I haven't watched the new Bridgerton yet. Oh, so good so far. You know what? I, I want to go get my nails done again. I just end up not having any time. It's just, there's just no fucking time. That's why I need to find, like, an assistant, and I just don't know what to do with myself. But you know what? You know who else is going to start having a lot of time? Who? Maury. This is so sad for me. Like, even, you know you know how you you raised your child right when Katie called me crying because Maury was going to be going off the air? <laughs> so Maury is ending after 31 years, and he is retiring. Right. He did not get canceled. He is choosing to retire, mm-hmm. and they are choosing to not find, like, a host or something to fill in. They are just letting the show go. Well, he's 83 years old, and I never knew that. I was like, Lori is 83? Crap. 83, yes. What is he, drinking blood of babies? I have no fucking idea. It's so crazy, but it's according to ET Online, and everybody knows at this point. That's just right. happens to be the one that I grab. Um, on March 20th, it says, it's the end of an era after three decades on... Air, Maury will end production this year. E.T. can confirm that longtime host Maury Povich is retiring. Original episodes of the hit talk show will run through September, and then the program will go into syndication with old episodes airing every day. So I'm assuming they're kind of doing something similar because Judge Judy sort of did that too. Actually, (laughs) you're going to be surprised by this. I was sort of still recording on my DVR, Judge Judy, and I stopped recording them. I'm so proud of you. I love Judge Judy. I know you but do. I couldn't. My, I saw them all, you know so I stopped though? recording them. Connie Chung, Maury Povich's wife, yeah, has literally been retired for like thirty years now. <laughs> she's just fucking waiting on him. <laughs> she's probably happy he's going to work because she's probably like sick of his annoying ass at home. But um, they screwed me on Hulu. I'm a little upset with Hulu right now because Hulu was letting us let me watch the new Judge Judy show. Uh huh. And now they just change it because now they want you to buy the Hulu as a cable. Like they're now doing Hulu oh. as cable, like live TV cable. And they took Judge Judy and put it on there. So now I have to spend $70 a month if I want to watch Judge Judy. And I'm like, fuck you. No. So Judge Judy is no longer with me. But um, who else is no longer with me is now Maury. So the longtime host confirmed the news in a statement six years ago when I was ready to retire. My, the uh, NBC Universal family asked me to continue the show, Povich said. Even though I told them I was ready for assisted living, out of loyal to NBC Universal and my more than 100 staff and crew members, Tracy Wilson and I agreed to do one more deal. I'm so proud of my relationship with NBC Universal and all those who worked on the Maury show, but as I occasionally tell my guests on Maury, enough already. 
A source tells E.T. Maury is young at heart, but at 83 years old, he has been ready to retire for a while now. For the last few years, he wanted to keep the show going for the sake of the many people he employed, especially during the precarious times of the pandemic. The source adds that Povich and his wife, Connie Chung, are looking forward to spending more time with their family and traveling. The talk show host began its run in 1991. Mm-hmm. As the, ew, it's so weird. In 1991, I was a fucking freshman in high school. Yeah, we were. Ew. As the Maury Povich Show. In 1998, the series effectively changed its name to Maury. In the years that have followed, the show has gone on to be known for its many topics, most notably the paternity test segments, which have led to the and host the line of the brand famous line, you are not the father. And, <laughs> that's all he ended up doing. Right, that's all he ended up doing. And this is how you... You pretty much could write it yourself. So, A person comes, B person, look at this baby. This is your baby. Look at its nose. It looks just like you. Ah, ah, ah. Then, they find out that it's not the dad, and the mom runs off the stage. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she runs, and she runs, and she runs all around the studio. And then she comes back, and she's like, I didn't want to be the dad anyway. <laughs> or there's the guy who jumps up, and he's freaking out, and he's like, fuck yeah, boo, boo. And then they're following right. him running off the stage right. or something. right. Like, well, that or when they plant somebody in the green room. Oh my god, you never kiss the out. person in the green room. I'm like, did you not watch this stupid ass show? So after a while, you're like, this is so fucking the scripted decoy. or they something. They call it the decoy. They call yeah, the it- decoy. They put a de- But what kind of decoy wants to go in there and start kissing on some dude and like? Right. It's gross. Like what? Ew. Ew. Look, ew. Ew. Look, Jessica. I know. That you gave up your part as the dead body in SUV. SV, <laughs> to be here today. SVU to be here today. But Charlene's out there and she thinks Bubba's cheating on her. So we need you to come um, put your tongue in Bubba's mouth. Right. Ew, so it's I so need, disgusting. I need you to go in there and kiss on Bubba. It shouldn't be hard to get your tongue in there. He's only got one and a half teeth. <laughs> I just slither it in between. And he kind of <laughs> smells like meth. But it's fine. You know, Ew. we're going to pay you $35. <laughs> I wonder what the decoy fee is. So you go in there and make out with Bubba. So Charlene can lose her shit. <laughs> and we can follow her around. And she can leave him for Bubba Ray that is, like, down the hall, down the street from her in that trailer. It's a double wide. <laughs> and it's got a hot tub. <laughs> it's got a hot tub on the back. Right, and he's got three bedrooms, so it'll be easier, you know. Because he's got a three-bedroom double wide. Right, and then, you know, <laughs> the kids it can be four to a room instead of <laughs> seven to one. Oh, my God. You know, some of those double wides are really nice, though, I have to tell you. Oh, some I'm of them are, that. like, stunning, I'm I just have hating. to say. Oh, uh, it says, um, in 2019, Povich uh, spoke to E.T. about being a titan, or rather a survivor of the daytime television market, and... Now he found talk show gold with one question. Who's the daddy? They said, we have this idea. We want to do paternity tests and we can have a result within 10 or 12 minutes, Povich recalled. And the audience, all they're looking for is a result. You build that up with the drama. Povich said that it was important that his reactions and responses were genuine and realistic for the drama to play out realistically. I said, I don't want to know the result beforehand. I don't want to know anything more than my guests. I don't want to think anything more than my audience. My live audience, my audience at home, if I know the answer, I will skew my questions, he said. And that was the key, because I'm, su- I'm as surprised as they are. That key has resulted in the veteran host working two days a week. Oh, my God, making $13 million a year. What? And the series running for 31 seasons and airing over 2,000 episodes. You and me are in the wrong motherfucking business. He we worked need- two days a week and made $13 million a year. How about if we do that? How about we if need we start doing show. it? We do, like, how about we make, like, a YouTube talk show just on paternity tests, and we do the same thing. We could. I mean, yeah. We could dress up like old Oprah and, like, old Jenny. Remember, like, the Jenny, Jenny show? Jenny Jones? Yeah, Jenny Jones show. Uh-huh. We can dress up no, in, like, 80s stuff. I don't want to be Oprah. Let's not bring Oprah into Well, this. no, I'm thinking, like, I'm back be, in the day. I'm going to be Sally Jesse Raphael. Oh, my God. That could work. You can get the big red glasses. Right. You could, because you already got the blonde hair. Right. And we could do, like, 80 suits. Right. With shoulder pads With shoulder pads. And then we could do the same thing. And, uh, you know. I don't, this would be so much fun. People would love it. What could we call it? I don't know. Not Maury Show. (laughs) Not Maury Show. But we could just call it Who's the Daddy. Right. We could just call it that and just do, like, a YouTube show every week. We could call it Thanks for Retiring, Maury. (laughs) But seriously, can you imagine that? 
That wow, is too funny. 2,000 episodes. You and I could pick up where he fucking left off. Right. If you guys are looking to replace that, please let me know. You know, though, I would... That would be fun. I would I would get in fights with our guests because I will pop off at them and be like, you're fucking dumb. <laughs> well, now I think I'd be like, well, remember the girls that keep coming on over and over and over again and it's still not the fucking right. father? Like, how many people have you slept with in that two-day period? It's like, why is your crotch a train station for dick? Uh, Please explain why it's a train station oh, for we could, Dick. We could. And you know what else we could do with it? We could have, like, the audience bet. Like, gambling. Well, I don't want to humiliate the women. Uh, I mean, if they're already fucking humiliated. They come on there with 18 people talking about, I don't know my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sasha. Well, what about she, she has, came on nine times? One woman, I think yeah. I remember, it was like nine times she came on. They're yeah. like, she's back again for the ninth time. Right. That's this is Sasha. Real. And this is the 17th time that she's been back to see who little Bubba, Bobby's fucking father is. Well, let me tell you, yesterday, yesterday, the day before, my husband was telling me about when he, I guess he found out somebody's mother had died. And when he was young, they, he was very, very close with her son, and he would be at their house all the time, all you know, every weekend. It was like one of those kinds of deals. And um, I guess they all had this one friend named, we'll just call him Bill. I don't know, because if I say the, his name, everybody like that finally listens to it, they might know because it's a very distinct name. So we'll just call him Bill. And the his best friend was Tom. I don't know, just whatever, Tom. And Tom had a sister named... Gloria or some shit. I don't know. I'm just making it Gloria, up. Well, Gloria and her Gloria. Had a baby, and they assumed it was from this other person down the road named Don. I don't know. I'm like really bad at names for the longest time. Well, come to find out, it actually was this other guy's name. Which one did I use? Tom, Tim, Bill? Bill. It was Bill's kid. I can't remember who I assigned what name to. And I'll find that out like years and years and years and years later that I guess like the the sister ended up sleeping with the other best friend that they all hung out with, <laughs> but um she never said anything to anybody and blamed it on somebody else. But she was only fifteen. I'm like, wait a minute, why was she fifteen and had so much dick that she got away with like saying it was one person's dad and it was really the other? And, and he was like, well, I guess nobody wanted him to know because I guess he was like a couple of years older and whatever. But I'm like, she was fifteen years old and had a child and used somebody else for a long time. And then years later, it came out that it was this other guy's baby. Oh, fuck. And he just told me about it. I was like, oh, my God, that's scandalous. And that was when he lived in the trailer park, too. Because I lived in a trailer park. You didn't. You lived on the other side of the trailer park. And then Bruce lived in the trailer park. We all lived in the trailer park. So I might as well lived in the trailer park between well, you and my right aunt's <laughs> You're right there. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. I'm like, they should have went on Maury. Yeah. They should have gone on there. Or uh, what was the other one we always watched that was stupid? I could never watch Jerry it. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. I was on Jerry Springer. I know. You were on Jerry Springer that one time with Sanaya. Yeah. It was Teddy It was Teddy, it was at, called, the time, it was right? Teddy at the time, and it was called My Man Wears a Dress. Oh, my God. It was in 1996. Oh, my God. That mm-hmm. is so crazy. Anyway, so we, we spent so much time on that, but I was like, oh, my God. We really need to think about that. If we ever start getting time to do a YouTube show... That would be the fucking funnest shit ever. We don't have time to do shit. I don't know. If we're we can barely, make the podcast work and then we start a show too, that would be fucking comedic gold. You're definitely going to need an assistant if we get a talk show. I, well, I would be able to not, I don't. I wouldn't have to appraise houses anymore. That's I would just true. do this all the time. And then That's if it true. ever went belly up, I could just go back to appraising houses. There you go. You have I a fallback plan. Yeah. All right. So I have something that it doesn't have to do with sex or baby dads. <laughs> my baby daddy. I don't have a good segue for this, but (laughs) it is pretty interesting, to say the least. Okay. So, scientists are painting cows to look like zebras. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me about To save the environment. It says, it might not be the most (laughs) dignified look in the world, but a new study has found it might be worth painting your cows to look like zebras. Previous studies have shown that black and white stripes may protect zebras, other animals, and humans from horsefly bites. As well as other blood-sucking critters. Don't tell me that, because I fucking hate mosquitoes. Like, if you see me walking around looking like a zebra, just mind your business. <laughs> like, well, I guess I'm interested to see how painting them into a zebra shape stops them from well, biting. Let's I'm interested see. to see what you say about that. Experience have shown that the flies tend to avoid black and white striped surfaces. 
While other studies have suggested that the stripes may cause a kind of motion camouflage targeted at the insect's vision, confusing them much in the way of that of, a, that of an optical illusion, like barber pole illusion or wagon wheel effect. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, you're saying, okay, okay so, so for so whatever reason, thing, yeah, so it gives them a, they, they're disoriented and they don't right, know where to land right. to So to it makes bite. it, like, blurry. Okay, so they don't know where to land to bite. Now a study published in PLOS1, P-L-O-S-1, has sought to find out whether this can be applied to cows. And good news, everybody, it's very much can. Japanese researchers painted zebra-style stripes on one group of cows, back stripes, black stripes on, on bodies in another, and left the cows unpainted as, as like, control, they call them control moves. <laughs> control moves? Oh, I the cows, like that. That's adorable. The cows were then observed for fly-repelling behavior. Head throws, ear beats, leg stamps, twitches, all that. The number of flies landing on the bodies was counted. The zebra cows were found to have over 50% fewer bite flies on their body than those in, control, in the control group, with no significant difference between the black stripes cows and the control group. So the black stripe cows also, like, they still got bit like the regular ones. Right. They also saw a de- decrease in fly-repelling behavior in the zebra stripe cows of around 20%. Fewer biting flies were landing on them, and there was le- and they were less bothered by them. The team huh. believes that if this results can be replicated, artificial stripes can be used as a better way to combat biting flies than traditional pesticides. Oh, that's good. As yeah. well as being cheaper. The stripes are non-toxic and healthier for livestock as well as better for the environment. Biting flies are serious livestock pests that cause economic losses in wildlife production. Um, the author writes, we found that painting zebra stripes on cows can decrease the inc- incidence of biting flies landing on an on individuals by 50%. This work provides an alternative to use, um, except for instead of the uh, pesticides, for mitigating biting fly attacks on live livestock. The, it, this improves the animal's welfare, human health, and in addition helps resolve the problem of pesticide resistance in the environment. Mm. Is that fucking interesting or what? That is what? so neat! And that's for my fucking love science. I fucking love, I fucking love science. I know. They always do have some kind of interesting thing going on. I thought is, I, I don't know. They always have something neat to say. Um, I think it's, it's so interesting though, that these flies are like confused where to land because they're stripes. Right. Like I never thought they would be like that. I don't know. You would think they would just land. Well, like, I mean, regardless of what it looks like, they would just a land. A fly's fucking lifespan is like 24 hours. So they're not very bright. Anyway. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like, they don't really have, like they're really not going to have time to evolve and adjust when they're basically a maggot one day and dead the next. Well, speaking of dead things. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> like so mean, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. That's okay, because the next thing I'm going to talk about also is a dead thing, so. Oh, okay, there we are. I guess this is the dead episode. I guess right. we'll just call it that. Um, well, remember we talked about the guy who had the genetically modified pig heart? Yes. Well, he did die. So sorry to hear that. Yeah, so apparently from the BBC News, they said that he did pass away, um, and that was from BBC News on March 9th. So it said the first person in the world to get a heart transplant from a genetically modified pig heart has died. David Bennett, who had terminal heart disease, survived for two months following the surgery in the U.S., but his condition began to deteriorate several days ago. His doctors in Baltimore said, and the 57-year-old died on the 8th of March. Mr. Bennett knew the risks attached to the surgery, acknowledging before the procedure it was a shot in the dark. Doctors at the University of Medical Medical or Maryland Medical Center were granted a special di- dispensation by the U.S. medical regulator to carry out the procedure on the basis that Mr. Bennett, who was ineligible for a human transplant, would otherwise have died. He had already been bedridden for six weeks leading up to the surgery, attached to a machine which was keeping him alive. Mr. Bennett underwent the surgery on seven, uh, January 7th, and doctors said in the weeks afterwards he spent time with his family, watched the Super Bowl, he spoke about wanting to get home to his dog, Lucky, but his condition deteriorated, leaving doctors devastated. He proved to be a brave and noble patient who fought all the way to the end. And they kind of go on. They're like, we're grateful for every innovative moment, every crazy dream, every sleepless night that went into this historic effort. So That's I was sad. kind of interesting to see. Like, you know, he was one of those people that he didn't want to, he didn't want to follow doctor's advice to begin with. He was one of those people who was like, nah, whatever, blah. Right. So he couldn't get a transplant. They weren't going to do that. So they were like, well, hey, you know, you're going to die anyway because you can't get a transplant. How about if you do this? And he was willing to go first. And that's the one thing about us is that 
somebody has to go first to make these advances. So God bless the guy for being one of the ones that decided he would go first. So God bless you, David Bennett. And your family. And your family, yes, of course, because they all had to go through that with him, too, and that's pretty scary. So, I'm hoping this isn't David Bennett that they're talking about in my article. So, a, bo- a body is ejected from a funeral van after car oh crash in New Jersey. And if you look, you can see the body bag. Do you see the body oh, bag? Oh, hold on. Let me put my glasses back on. I can't, like, I need to get, what's my call? That white thing in front of the truck's tire? Ew, that's, that's a body bag? That's a body bag. That's the body. Oh, my God. So, it says, Paramos, New Jersey. A human corpse was ejected from a van on the way to a funeral home during a car crash in New Jersey Friday afternoon, according to police. The five-car crash on Route 17 South in the area of Route 4 also involved a horse trailer, officials said. During oh, the, damn. During the crash, which involved a horse trailer and a funeral home live, li, livery vehicle? I think it's supposed to say delivery. Oh, okay. But they forgot the DE. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. An ejection of mortal remains occurred, police wrote on Facebook. In the photos of the incident shared to the Facebook, a stretcher can be seen resting partially on the roadway right next to the front wheel of the truck, towing the trailer. And then that little thing is the the body. Oh my god, that's awful. Yeah. So it says, police said the corpse, which was on a stretcher and wrapped in a sheet just before the crash, was not damaged. The Daily Voice reported... The horse from the trailer was able to escape without injuries also. Three people were hospitalized, but no serious injuries, the authorities said. Well, no, of course there's not, like, fucking injuries. The one guy was already dead. Oh, God. But, yeah, that happened. I just can't even... Oh, my God. I would just be so upset if that was, like, my loved one. But, I mean, not that you can help that it happened. It was a crash. It was an accident. Right. But then, like, to see the body bag on the ground, like, to somebody take a picture, I don't know. I think that might have just went a little too far. Like, they didn't have to take a picture of him or that person. Yeah, they didn't. But I don't think they knew what would it, what it was. Like, yeah, but, I mean, you saw, I don't know. I just, I think that, oh, shoot, I just dropped something on the ground. Oh, and he was wrapped else. in a sheet. I mean. Yeah, I know, but still. They didn't release his name. I mean, it's probably not the best thing, but it is what it is. Well, according to this guy, there's, like, it's called allthatsinteresting.com. Uh-huh. So, one of his doctors, and I don't know if it's the doctor that, I read this, but I can't remember now what it says, but he's saying that Michael Jackson was chemically castrated by his father. To keep his voice soprano. Apparently, Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. So this is actually like an old one, but I mm-hmm. guess it was circulating. This is from 2018. Um, but it's, like I said, it's from All That's Interesting. It says, Michael Jackson's disgraced physician wasn't saddened by the death of Joe Jackson. Oh, I guess it was the guy that went to jail. Calling him one of the worst fathers in history. Joe Jackson, the patriarch and manager of the Jackson family, included his late son, Michael Jackson, died on June 27, 2018 at a hospice in Las Vegas at the age of 89. Now, the disgraced personal physician of Michael Jackson, Conrad Murray, has spoken out saying Joe Jackson was one of the worst fathers to his children in history. In a video clip obtained by The Blast, Murray doesn't just condemn Joe Jackson for being a horrible dad. He also claims Joe chemically castrated Michael Jackson. The fact that he was chemically castrated to maintain his high-pitched voice is beyond words, Murray said in in the video. Murray alleged that Michael told him of the many sufferings he endured at the hands of his father, saying it was dreadful beyond imagination and words. Michael Jackson was pronounced dead at a hospital in Los Angeles in 2009 at age 50. Acute propofol intoxication combined with sedatives caused Jackson to go into a cardiac arrest. Murray was Michael Jackson's doctor at the time. In February 2010, he was charged with involuntary manslaughter for administering a lethal dose of propofol found in Jackson's system. Propofol is amazing, by the way. I just have to tell you, that's what they knock you out at. Like, mm-hmm. when I have to go get my EGDs done, like, they use propofol, and you feel amazing when you wake up. Um, propofol is an intravenous anesthetic administered to patients before undergoing certain medical procedures. Murray maintained his innocent, but was found guilty in November 2011 and spent two years in prison before being released on parole. So I guess when he was done, he came back out and was like, you know, kind of telling secrets at that point. But I'm just kind of like, wow, like that's like. Yeah, there's, there's a movie, the Jackson 5 movie, and it shows how awful he was. Like, really? Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Um, Michael Jackson did not have the greatest of lives. But um, well, I guess to me, I'm just thinking, like, how was he, 
How did he manage to chemically, chemically castrate him? Like, who the fuck would do that? Um, when there's money, there's a way. Yeah, but Michael Jackson's the one who had the money. You know what I mean? Yeah, but when he was in Jackson 5 and things like that, his father controlled the money because he was a minor. Yeah, well, I'm just like, well, when? I mean, because he doesn't, he says that it happened, but he doesn't say when. Right. And he doesn't really go into details. So then you're kind of like, well, are you just saying that to say it to keep yourself I mean, he relevant? Has kids. Or what? He has kids, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I have. Well, they're not his kids. Those Jackson kids, like Blanket and Paris and all them, I don't think they're his kids. I think they're... Well, apparently they are his kids. One not like just fucking like him. Which one? Hold on, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll okay, because I was going to say, I don't think either, any of them look like him at all. I think the youngest Blanket looks just like him. You think? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyway, boarding the... I have uh, 40 songs with hidden, hidden meanings. Okay. Um, I just thought it was interesting because some of these I didn't know. Like, Born in the USA... By Bruce Springsteen, like his big, like his real breakout hit. And it says, you're probably among the vast majority who thought this song was all about patriotism and U.S. pride. It's exactly what the song, that's not exactly what the song is about. This song is actually a major criticism to how veterans were treated after they returned home from Vietnam War. Oh, wow. So it was like a little protest song. No shit. Hotel California by the Eagles. Um, this song is simple, straightforward, so everyone thought the Hotel California isn't actually a lux- luxury hotel for tired travels, travelers or to relax in. It's actually a, be- a bit deeper than that. Hotel California is a metaphor about the greed in the music industry that eventually leads to artists' own self-destruction. Oh, because it says you can, you can check, check out in, but you can never leave. You can check out anytime yeah. you like, but you can never leave. Yeah. Um, there's a Beatles song that I don't even know that I doubt you know. Do you know Blackbeard by the, by the Beatles? No. That fuck, the fucking stalker song. Every breath you take. Yeah. uh We call it the stalker song. Hard to believe. Yeah. Hard to believe that the epitome of emotional songs actually has a darker undertone. This song is all about stalking and possessiveness. No shit. Well, we know that part. So, I, we don't need to do that one. Yeah, we know that one. I mean, just the lyrics alone are like, yeah, I'll Harder be to Breathe you. by Maroon 5. It says, at first glance, this song doesn't seem to be anything more than an allusion to Rocky relationship. However, this song is actually talking about the pressure of the music industry. Levine said in 2002 interview that songs come sheerly from wanting to throw something. It was the 11th hour and the label wanted more songs. It was just the last crack. I was just pissed. I wanted to make a record, and the label was applying a lot of pressure. Oh, wow. So that's how that. Semi-charm kind of life. It's so upbeat. But this song is so upbeat, it says. Yeah, and super super edited for the radio. This song is all about a couple tripping together. Is it? You just never know because the radio edit took out all the illicit substance references. All you have to look at is the original li- lyrics to see the true meaning. Now well, I know it ha- says. Now I'm gonna have to do a bump that and shit. hit. Did a bump again or something like yeah. that? I thought that meant they were like snorting shit. Right, slide by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, just slide. Any yeah. song that kind of sounds like a love song probably has a much darker meaning. This song is actually about a Catholic raised girl who was had gotten pregnant. And she and her boyfriend are trying to decide between marriage or abortion. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to look that one up because that one's another upbeat song, too. Yep. Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day. The yeah. music video had a lot of people speculating that the song was about war, but in reality, the meaning is much sadder. The song was written in memory of the lead singer, Billy Joe Armstrong's father, who died September 1st, 1982, when Armstrong was just 10 years old. Oh, wow. Like a virgin. Mm. Madonna. Nope, this song actually isn't about losing your virginity. It's actually about how writer Billy Steinberg was left emotionally battered after a failed relationship, and then a new relationship renewed him. Oh. What? I liked it better when it was about a virgin. What? No. Well, that one, that's actually very interesting. I would have, I really, the way she clutched for the very first time. Right. I mean, that, you assume it really is about a virgin. Wow, no shit. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, surprise, this early 2000 hit is actually kind of depressing if you pay attention to the lyrics. This catchy tune is really about the romance crumbling into tiny pieces. I guess, yeah. Oh. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Yeah. This may sound like a sweet song about a guy so in love that his face is numb for smiling, but actually meaning is much less sweet. The weekend isn't actually talking about a woman at all. He's talking about a professional 
a personification of his addiction to illicit substances. I always assumed that it was from cocaine use. Yeah. Like, it makes your face numb. Yeah. I mean, not that I know. I've never done cocaine in my life, but somebody was telling me about it. Like, that's what it was. That's what it really meant. So, Chandelier by Sia, you know, okay. I wanna swing, that one. The poppy music and lyricist phones blowing up, ringing my doorbell. I feel the love, feel the love, and one, two, one, two, three, drink. It's easy for someone to just think that this is yet another party song. However, it's actually about Sia's formal illicit substance abuse and alcohol addictions. Thankfully, she's been sober for several years now. Imagine by John Lennon is about communism. American Pie by Don McLean, you know. Bye, bye, Miss American, American Pie. No one really knew that this song was about until Michael, until uh, Don McLean revealed its true meaning. The end of an era, a plane crash in 1959 that killed rock star Buddy Buddy Holly um, was the reason that song, that's the day the music died. Uh, um, you Are My Sunshine by Johnny Cash. You might know the original or the kids' adaptation, but you might not see it in the same way after this. The song is actually really depressing. As Cash croons about a lover who no longer reciprocates his feelings, most parents tend to omit that part from the nighttime lullaby, though. Gangnam style. What? If you owned a radio back in 2012, then you heard this song, the original, the origin of the rise of K-pop. Gangnam Style is a fun song with the dance craze that swept the world, though it's not as jovial as it seems. Gangman is a rich area in South Korea filled with the uber-rich of the country. This song is all about the clamoring over each other to get there. Oh, and it addresses the insanely high debt rate of the country's citizen. How debt? How debt, they're, they're, how their citizens are crippled by debt. Oh. Um, Gangnam Style. Really? Right, right, that's so weird. Oh my god, my seven-year-old, like, if he hears it, he still likes that song. Yeah, uh, Blurred Lines, we know all about that one. Um, Baby, It's Cold Outside, I don't even want to even get into that one because it pisses me off it's not about rape. Yeah. Um, you two, one way or another, that's, right, this catchy song, which has been included on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Times list, isn't as fun as it seems for the listen. Debbie Harry, the blondie front woman, wrote this this song from a perspective of an ex-boyfriend who had stalked her. <gasps> that sounded stalkerish. Right? Okay. Um, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. It says most people would think this song was just about a man choosing not to save another man from drowning. Though, that's not quite the case. The song was all about the grief he felt after divorcing his first wife, Andrea, in 1980. So, one's little theory, but this one's a little bit less dark than the original origin like the theory of it zombies by cranberry the ultimate protest song which was the song that really made the cranberries big the song focused on bombing in march 1993 uh, one of which killed two young boys and injured dozens more lead more lead singer dolores or wrote this grungy and gloomy protest song in response to the deaths of these still two children Mm. um i don't know that one i don't know that one jeremy by pearl jam we all know Mm. Yeah. A lot of rock songs have dark meanings. Jeremy is a textbook example, kind of similar to the Foster of the People's Pumped Up Kids, Kicks. This song centers around a kid who was bullied at school and neglected at home. The kid eventually shot himself in front of the class. Oh, God. And it was actually based on a true story. Yeah. Uh, one by oh Metallica. God. It's about, you know, war veterans. Tears in Heaven. Inspired by tragedy, Clapton wrote Tears in Heaven as a memorial for his son, Connor, who fell 50 stories to his death from an NYC apartment building. Connor was only four years old when he died. Oh my God, I cannot even imagine. Could you imagine the trauma that everybody faced oh, from awful. that? Because that he would have landed on the street in front of people. And this is the last one I'm going to do. Um, actually, I'm going to do another one that I know. Hello, Lion- Hello by Lionel Richie. If you're only reading or listening to the lyrics, then it's not that bad but the music video that makes the song so creepy in the video richie plays a teacher who falls in love with one of his blind students throughout the video Mm. richie follows the students around the school creepy and it's creepy for a lot of reasons and and then there's a few other ones that are super popular but my favorite one that we both love this song when we were little you know by city lopper she bop she bop we bop that i bop you bop they bop Yep, it's all about masturbation. What? Yep. So we're like young, singing the song, and we're really like, ah. 
right. flicking her little And in she the talks about opening the pages of a Playboy magazine, and, you know, she bop, he bop. What? Away bop. Yeah. Oh my god. It's all about masturbation. Ew. You know what? I gotta tell you, though. So, <laughs> we were with a friends, and the one guy was telling me that there is this woman out in California that is pushing to take um, kindergartners uh-huh. and teach them all about, like, transgender and this and that, which is seems okay at first, right? Right. Because it's part of your surroundings. Right. But to me, I'm kind of like... I don't know that you need to teach anybody anything as long as you're parenting and like, well, that's just who they are. Right. Like, you make that not a big deal. Right. It just is what it is. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, kids are okay with their environment as long as your parents are okay with it. Right. So, anyway, but there's this woman who does it and she also teaches them about masturbation, BDSM, all this other crap. So, it just, like, took a really, really, really hard turn. Yeah, I I read about that. Did you read about that? I did. I did. And I don't feel like... I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, Why are we hypersexualizing our children? I right. just don't understand. I understand, like, certain books. Like, mm-hmm. um, how they they can read these books in kindergartens and things like that to give people other understandings because every family is different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one thing. But there's other things that these kids are going to find out on their own, like masturbation mm-hmm. and things like that. But BDSM and shit like that, that does not need to be in their fucking... I don't even know why you have to address masturbation to you a kindergartner either. You don't I, it's have so to. It's so ridiculous. You don't have to adjust it. I'm so fucking tired of woke-ass fucking culture. Oh my god, I am it's too. It's fucking ridiculous to, to a certain extent where it's like, I understand, but again, kids, like, if a kid was like on the playground with right. his other little friend and say mommy comes with the other mommy. Right. Like, mom, why does he have two mommies? Well, the parent says, well, you know, sometimes certain families have two mommies and sometimes families have two dads and sometimes families have, you know, a dad and a mom and it's just families. That's just how families are. That kid's going to go, oh, and run right back out and play. Right. Because they're not going to know any different. Yeah. Like, I... they don't need to hypersexualize everything. You don't need to explain the back end of it because it really, the back end of those things talks about sexual relationships. At the end of the day, if you really think about it, because it talks about the different ways they might have sex or something. So I think at the end of the day, when the kids do it, like they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck like we do because they're not there. They don't have all that reference, that frame of reference yet. And it really fucking bothered me. The only thing that I feel that should be taught to kids in that age is to properly label their genitalia. Like, don't call it a tutu, don't call it a hoo-ha, call it a vagina, call that a penis. Don't call, it a, coo- don't don't call it a cookie or a Susie, because I read this story about... Oh, it. that's right. Ow. Yeah, we talked about that right. on one of the episodes before. So I do believe that they should be properly taught the mm-hmm. anatomy of the body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever is underneath your bathing suit, that's your that's your personal stuff like mm-hmm. yes don't don't let anybody touch that mm-hmm. you know besides you know people who make you feel comfortable you know doctors things like that mm-hmm. that should be taught at a very young age oh, i agree with that but i don't I think don't that masturbation should be taught i don't feel no like, not at that age it's ridiculous and i have to admit though like i always thought i was gonna be one of those parents like well my parent i swear to god i was this person just want you to know and i think i've talked about it before when I have my kids, when they ask me questions, I'm just going to tell them what the answer is and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's harder once you get the kid in front of you, though. Oh, I thought I knew it all. I thought I was going to do this, that, and the other. And um, I'll tell you what, the first time my kids ever came, like when Jonathan or Christopher came and asked me where babies came from, that stork came flying out of my mouth so fast and it flew in a window no, and there I was told, a baby. I told Katie. Oh, God, no, it was like really bad. But um, my, some of my boys were growing up, like their, their pee-pee was their winky. Yeah, like they're winky. That's what yeah, I call it. Yeah, but things are different now than they yeah. were then. But anyway, I guess on that note, we're gonna we're gonna end on a really fucking weird note. We probably should have done like I don't know, like a what's it called, like where the facts don't matter, like a world news daily. Yeah, but report. there was no good one. There was no good one, but now we're like ending on a woke news calling little boys peepees and winky, and there's just no way around it. So take us home, Jamie. <laughs> so if you call your genitalia something super odd, you know, write us in. Let us know. Yeah, that do would you, actually be a good one. I would like do you, to know that one. Do you call your penis John? If you do, <laughs> let us know. And let us know why, because I'm generally curious. 
But until then, if you'd like to talk to us, you can find us on Facebook at Straight From The Net. You can find me on TikTok. You can find us on all your major platforms that you listen to your podcast. Every Sunday we drop a new episode. But mm. we have something that not all podcasts have. Danielle, what do we have? We have a radio show in That New York. went really smooth, by the way. It you, did. In the it past did. couple weeks, it hasn't been that good. I know. <laughs> Sometimes you're just like, oh, okay. Well, we have a radio show in New York. It's called the WML, the MLD, the Voice of Hudson Valley Radio. You can find us every Friday at 10 a.m. And if you miss it, that's okay. They replay us verified at 7 <laughs> o'clock on Saturdays. And if you miss, I know, remember for like a year and change, we're like, we think. Yeah, like, you know, people are like, just fucking listen. What's wrong? What the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, you can't just set an alarm or something? Well, so no, we finally did, and you'll see us there. And if you missed that, that's okay, too, because I upload all the episodes to our mother platform, which is SoundCloud, every Sunday by, like, 11. So it's automatically there, and you can hear us there. And you know, while you're there, catch up. While you're there, hit subscribe. Do some of that. But in the meantime, we will see you. Leave a fucking comment. Leave a comment, yeah. Leave us a review or something. But if it's bad, just keep moving. Um, (laughs) Keep it fucking moving. But in the meantime, you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.